interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from the United Press. Flash, Washington. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The German news agency... We interrupt this program to bring you a news bulletin from Washington. The White House has just announced... Here is a news bulletin. Shots have reportedly been fired. Here's another late development, and this news keeps coming in. This is an NBC News hotline report. Special report. Verdict sparks violence. National Guard... secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Can your heart stand the shocking facts of the true story of Joshua P. Warren? From the land of the sky and to high strangers around the globe, this is Speaking of Strange with Joshua P. Warren. And the world is becoming more and more insane every day. Welcome to the program that gives you breaking news and insight into the paranormal and downright weird, where the unusual becomes usual, and we don't just discuss it, we go into the field to investigate. I'm Vance Pollock in the captain's seat, glad to be invited back on behalf of the big guy, Joshua P. Warren, who is kicking up his heels, flip-flops and Bermuda shorts down in Puerto Rico. I'm joined by investigator Shelley Wright and producer Sam the Animal Steel. Swedish Queen says Royal Palace is haunted by friendly ghosts. Queen Sylvia of Sweden believes the royal palace where she resides is haunted. There are small friends, ghosts. They are all very friendly, but you sometimes feel that you're not completely alone. It's really exciting, but you don't get scared, she adds. Drottingholm Palace, which is on the UNESCO World Heritage List, was built in the 1600s on Levon Island in Stockholm. It is the permanent residence of King Carl XVI, Gustav, and Queen Sylvia, the 73-year-old daughter of a German businessman and a Brazilian woman. They were married 40 years ago, which makes her Sweden's longest-serving queen. Princess Christina, the king's sister, backs the claims of the Drottingholm phantoms. There is much energy in this house. It would be strange if it didn't take the form of guises, Christina was quoted as saying. There are stories about ghosts in all old houses. They have been filled with people over the centuries, she adds. The energies remain. If you can hear the sound of my voice, it means you've survived another Friday the 13th. 
Happy Saturday the 14th out there to speaking of strange listeners uh, here in Asheville and around the globe. A lot of interesting things to talk about today. I thought uh, since we survived another Friday the 13th, the first hour, maybe we'll uh, chat a little bit about superstitions, uh, how we respond to some of the uh, popular notions, and um, which ones uh, seem a little bit peculiar to us. Uh, for instance, today I was thinking about, and Shelly, I'll, I'll get your uh, reaction to this, if you see a penny laying on the sidewalk do you pick it up yes if you're a coin dealer you pick it up <laughs> yes yes it doesn't matter if it's heads or tails you just pick it up <laughs> shelly of course associated with Wright's coin shop who are proud sponsors of uh, speaking of strange and nevermore mystical arts yes your new uh, paranormal sh- you, you referred to it as a paranormal boutique yes i like that thank you very good. A lot of earth magic sort of stuff in there. A lot of sort of hoodoo and, uh, but not 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 a black magic sort of thing. Well, I mean, no. you, you may cater to people who are curious about some of the darker uh, elements in. Uh, right, may have experimented a little bit and kind of backed off from it a little bit, but but mostly it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Yesterday, I I or I sold lots of love stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Nevermore Mystical Arts is in the same block as as your folks uh, coin shop, Wright's Coin Shop, and that's out uh, Sweeten Creek Road. Again, yes. the address, I should write it, this down. 1271 Sweeten Creek Road, and I'm bouncing back and forth between both places. So, you may find me, you may find me at the coin shop and then decide, "Oh, I need to go to Nevermore," and I'll just follow you over there. As I mentioned, if you've got some uh, silver or gold that you need to sell, maybe that's the thing to do. Drop by the coin shop, Wright's Coin Shop, sell sell your uh, silver dollars, and then pop next door and and uh, get some good luck charms or I candles. Like that. or <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> will you will you trade outright uh, if people come into Nevermore with some gold coins? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll trade you for gold coins. You betcha. Oh goodness. Listen to this one. Kind of a cute story. This child used her sleeping mother's fingerprint to buy $250 worth of Pokemon gear. (laughs) A story about an American hero. A six-year-old girl from Arkansas decided she'd add some new Pokemon pieces to her toy collection. But rather than ask her parents to purchase the item, she decided to take matters into her own hands. Well, technically her mom's hand. The girl was able to place an order for $250 worth of Pokemon gear without her parents' knowledge. Here's how it all went down. According to Wall Street Journal, the girl got a hold of her mother's phone to make the purchases. However, the device was secured by Touch ID. Rather than accept defeat, the child decided to do something that was both genius and a little scary. While her mother was taking a nap on the couch, the kid grabbed her sleeping mom's hand, used her finger to unlock the phone, and from there... The girl went wild. The parents received 13 order confirmations for Pokemon items. They initially thought they'd been hacked. The Wall Street Journal reports uh, they even considered that the items had been purchased by mistake, but they later realized it was no accident. No, Mommy, I went power shopping, (laughs) the little girl told her mom. But don't worry, everything I ordered is coming straight to the house, and Santa Claus is going to pay for it. He told me uh, I was on the good list, so... I took that as him giving me permission to order everything on my wish list. How adorable and infuriating, right? The girl was only allowed to keep four of her 13 items as her 
as their gifts. The rest were used as Christmas gifts for, for friends and family. They told the girl that Santa Claus found out about her Amazon wish list and decided to give her just the four items. And uh, using her mom's finger uh, when she was asleep, took her off the good list and put her on the kind of naughty list. Well, everything worked out. And the mother uh, should probably sleep with one eye open for now or uh, just uh, go back to the good old passcode. <laughs> I don't know how that's even possible because my, my thumbprint thing on my phone... I can never it it doesn't recognize my thumb like after about you know two hours I have to constantly <laughs> reset it and then redo the thumbprint again so even like fast food places and chains uh, have these uh, little fingerprint ID things uh, anytime uh, one of the clerks or, or employees want to want to get on the computer or the register or even take an order they have to fingerprint in and I was. Uh, I was uh, working in a restaurant one time and thinking about severing the uh, the manager's <laughs> finger and just keeping it up front by the <laughs> by the register so I didn't have to call him down every time we had to ring up a customer or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, my thoughts about the penny on the sidewalk, and I've always heard this, are that if it's tails up, it's not good luck. Right. If if you find the penny laying heads up, then it's it's a good luck penny. You can pick the heads up. But uh, I don't know if I picked this up from somebody else or if I just started doing myself. If I find a penny that's laying tails up, I'll flip it over so the next person that comes along and finds it heads up gets their lucky penny. Well, that's very considerate. Yeah. So uh, think about that. Um, are there any sort of things, superstitions, bad luck superstitions that uh, you kind of think twice about? about will you walk under ladders on sidewalks will you open umbrellas in the house or do you at least does it even occur to you that it's going on and people say this is a bad luck thing umbrellas i do not open umbrellas in the house my mom will open an umbrella inside the coin shop and that mom you can't do that <laughs> gonna give us all bad luck the uh uh now normally Friday the 13th is a very good day for me and it was it's for my dad and it used to be for my grandmother it was a great great wonderful day for luck but um I advise against starting to date someone on Friday the 13th yeah, mm. did that one time. Did not turn out so well. Okay, so maybe if you're invited out to the movies on a Friday night Make sure it's not a 13th. Yeah. The, fir the first time, at exactly. least. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think maybe opening the umbrella in the house is, is sort of a practical concern what? because <laughs> you knock stuff off the shelf, you break a mirror. Oh. I mean, what if you broke a mirror while opening an umbrella in the what house? What are you, is man? Like... Six, seven? <laughs> yeah. I'm six, six. We just logistically cannot open umbrellas in houses, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it just. It wouldn't happen. I have right. a weird thing about my shoes. I have to put on my left sock or my left shoe first and my left arm of my jacket. If I Is that sort of like a ritual thing? I feel as if if I put my left or my right, I'm like, if I grab a sock or a shoe and it's the right, I'm like, oh, no, I, I can't do that. Well, they, they say a lot of uh, athletes, I, I suppose even some actors, have these little rituals that they go through that have served them well in their career, and they feel like they if uh, they don't do it, 
maybe they're not gonna gonna keep their stride, you know. So if they've been having a good season and they've been wearing two different colored socks or uh, you know a, I don't know a ra- carrying a rabbit's foot or whatever, uh, they say a lot of uh, a lot of those people are all about the routine, the ritual, and uh, the good luck charms. Uh, Shelley, I was thinking you mentioned Friday the thirteenth can be uh, a fortunate time for some people. Uh, in in some of the magic and rituals, uh, you find that things that are customarily unlucky are sort of embraced. Lucky black cats. Lucky black cats. I use Lucky Thirteen oil. It's great for gambling. It's great for turning bad situations into good situations. Works. Fascinating. I yeah. think uh, I think maybe those uh, those sort of archetypes are are just considered uh, very potent mm-hmm. in whatever case, and people who don't know how to use them are are better warned to just leave them alone. Maybe that's how it, how it sort of enters into uh, superstition mm-hmm. and legend. Well, anyway, you made it. Happy Saturday the fourteenth, and welcome back to speaking of strange Of strange, Joshua P. Warren's speaking of strange, and a lot of weird stuff out there in the world. Of course, uh, we try to keep our fingers on the pulse of all things weird, and uh, I would like to let folks know that uh, Josh is going to be doing it coming up in February. You'll want to check the uh, the uh, website uh, WarrenInstitute.com out for uh, the particulars, but uh, Josh is going to be doing a uh, online paranormal course. Um, the Warren Institute Paranormal 
research course. You are a graduate of that program, correct, Shelley? I, I was the very first graduate, and let me tell you that he was harder on me than any other student he has ever had. So we, we've got the original guinea pig right here in the studio. She survived it. We hope you will, too. WarrenInstitute.com for information on Josh's upcoming online paranormal investigation courses. Uh, like I say, you'll you'll get all the details right there on the webpage, so be sure to check that out. Sign up for it or sign a friend up for it. Uh, pretty special stuff. Josh has done a lot of webinars, and uh, he's done, done a lot of online stuff, but he's never done like the, the uh, live uh, lecture-style course. I suppose this is something a little new for him, but he, he feels comfortable. He says it's going to be a, a going to be a good one. Uh, check this out: a starship, a Star Trek ship, uh, spotted in the sky by UFO skeptic, who admits he's baffled by the sighting. And the man said he was the last person to believe in aliens, but admits he has no explanation for this strange object. A uh, Star Trek-style ship allegedly spotted hovering in the sky in Canada. Images of the strange object were captured by a self-proclaimed UFO skeptic who admitted he was the last person to believe in such things. In the clip, the guy says, Something has been caught flying in the skies over Canada. It looks like a saucer, kind of looks like the Star Trek Star Trek uh, USS Enterprise from the TV series. Uh, the bizarre UFO it just looks like a Star Trek ship. And the guy was uh, uh, confounded. Uh, it was spotted over Random Island in Canada by a man taking images of the clear night sky and stars. After handing in the footage to a Canadian news site, the man admitted the reporters to the reporters that he was uh, not a believer in this sort of thing. But after looking at the footage, uh, the unidentified craft, uh, which he just couldn't explain, he felt like it was something that he, he should bring to the attention of others, he said the object was hovering over water near to the moon and was visible for two or three hours. After remaining still for most of that time, the object then moved up and down before rapidly shooting off out of sight. Hmm. Interesting. Some people think it looks a little more like the USS Voyager. On a related note, uh, the other day, uh, a friend of mine who is a big um uh, Star Trek junkie noticed that uh the date was particularly appropriate to um to Star Trek. What are the what is the serial number on the USS Enterprise? Boy, I just blew that. I should have had it just <laughs> it just came to mind when I was reading that story. Uh, the 11, 11, 11, 17. Anyway, the the date uh, was a a perfect match. He says it's only going to happen this one time. The the date was a perfect match for the uh, the Star Trek USS Enterprise serial numbers, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I botched that. But you Star Trek people uh, know what. It, and I'm surprised that it wasn't like declared USS Enterprise Day or something of that nature. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the number of of foolish criminals out there. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze. In San Diego, a bank robber reveals his identity by using his ATM card during the heist. A man robbed a downtown San Diego bank, but before he did, he inserted his ATM debit card at the teller window, revealing his name and other personal information. 
56-year-old man was sentenced in San Diego federal court Tuesday to three years and 10 months in prison for the robbery. He entered the Wells Fargo branch, approached the teller, uh, according to his plea agreement, swiped his card through the card reader at the window. And when the teller asked how he could be helped, he replied, you're being robbed, don't make a mistake, and handed the teller a note with a similar statement. And the teller hesitated and said, uh, then the man said, you don't want anyone to get hurt, don't make a mistake. And the teller handed him $565 in 20s and 1s, and the man ran out of the bank, pulling a metal cart from the bank behind him, according to the complaint. Doesn't sound very well thought out here. Uh, With his debit card information on hand, investigators found his driver's license and address. Uh, They set up surveillance at a hostel uh, downtown and uh, spotted him as he left the building that afternoon. He agreed to a search of the room, and uh, it turned up a checkered double-breasted jacket that the robber appeared to have worn, as well as the man's debit card. He admitted to robbing the bank when questioned by investigators, according according to the complaint. As part of his sentence, he was ordered to pay $565 in restitution to the bank. When asked why he used his card, he said the teller confused him and uh, said she could only help him if he had a check to cash or an account at the bank. So he used his <laughs> card so, he, so she would listen and take his hold-up request. I think he got off pretty light <laughs> because I, I was under the impression that you got like a minimum, like, seven years or something for a bank robbery that yeah if all he had to pay was restitution that's the way they make it sound there right I think hmm. you said three three years or three and a half years or was that just probation or because that's nothing that's a federal you can't mess around with that but, you know? i mean the lady wouldn't even listen to him he was trying to rob her and she was like swipe your card please this goes to show you what kind of civilization we live in oh Get this, a woman drives into the river to avoid the cops <laughs> and, uh, yeah, boozes as car floats. I kind of like that headline, she boozes as car floats. Police say a Pennsylvania woman uh, drove her car intentionally into the river to avoid arrest and then ignored the officers and can- continued drinking beer as she floated downstream in her vehicle. Police approached the woman near a boat launch Monday to arrest her for fleeing from them earlier. Uh, She was wanted for running a stop sign. Uh, They say she hit the gas and barreled into the Susquehanna River, and uh, officers tried to communicate with her, but she just ignored them and drank her beer and looked totally happy. (laughs) To their amazement, the car did not take on water and was just floating down the river as a woman peacefully drank her beer. She rolled up her window and turned up her radio so she could not possibly hear us. She seemed to be having the time of her life, possibly the last time of her life. A fire department boat was caught, was called and brought the car and the woman back to shore. Uh, and the woman was taken to York Hospital and police continued to investigate. <laughs> police said she has a history of mental problems. What do you think? Uh, the cops are on on your tail for running a stop street, and you just barrel off in the river and have a beer, drink oh, yeah. a beer, and and let the river <laughs> float on. Yeah. If you're like, I mean, that's a very uh, popular thing. Not like popular in the in the public vernacular. Is like you hear all the kids are doing it now. They're just driving. <laughs> no, but like on border towns in Arizona and uh, Texas, uh, smugglers will um, if they get you know apprehend police or our border patrol on them they just drive straight into the river and because hmm. halfway into the river is no man's land it's not u.s territory anymore 
So if they did drive fast enough and hard enough, all the contraband in the vehicle is now not on U.S. soil. So they just barrel right into the rear. Not the Susquehanna. No. No. A little, little far north. But Sheesh. Hmm. Deputies mistake kitty litter for meth. Uh, <laughs> after three days in jail, a suspect is cleared. Uh, a Houston man has been cleared of a drug charge after authorities realized he'd been arrested for possession of kitty litter. <laughs> they thought they had the biggest bust in Harris County, Ross LeBeau said. Uh, this was the bust of the year for them. A traffic stop in early December led to the discovery of almost half a pound of what deputies believed to be methamphetamine. The, de- <laughs> the deputies arrested the man and sent out a press release, including a mugshot describing the bust. According to authorities, the arrest was due to deputies finding a sock filled with what they believed to be meth. It was actually kitty litter that he kept in his car to reduce fog in his windows. You ever heard of that? Oh, it must have something to do with the ammonia. A, a sock full of kitty litter in your car will reduce fog. I'll look, well, it, anyway. I'll look it up. <laughs> After the arrest, the man was fingerprinted and booked into a jail where he spent three days before being released. <laughs> you keep a half pound of meth in a sweat sock. Really? <laughs> oh, currently, the man is working to expunge his record and keep the fog out of his car. You're listening to Speaking of Strange. With speaking of strange, uh, first hour just uh, touching on some interesting news items that have come to our attention through the speaking of strange news team, and uh, chatting a little bit about uh, the fates and fortunes of Friday the Thirteenth, or any time for that matter. Uh, I was thinking about a a real uh, luck faux pas that I make, and maybe you you guys have examples of this. I walked into uh, the 
emergency room one night. Was it wasn't that I had a problem? I just uh, I had business <laughs> at just, the emergency room. I was looking. I needed out. to use the bathroom. Okay, I stopped. <laughs> I, I walked in the the emergency room. It's kind of slow. The security guards uh, at the front, and I said to the security guard, "Kind of slow tonight." And he said, "Shh," <laughs> like you don't want to jinx it, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like being in the restaurant business and expecting to get slammed. And you're not, and then halfway through what should have been a rush, you want to say, wow, it's really slow, this is nice, but you know, as soon as you say that, you're going to jinx yourself. Have you ever put your foot in your mouth and, and jinxed yourself, Shelly? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or you'll you'll make some comment at, um, at, you haven't seen such and such person in a while, and just as soon as somebody says that, they'll call on the phone or they'll walk in the door. That's interesting how that all, all kind of works. Very true. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I often think that sometimes we'll make silly little mistakes to uh, avoid worse misfortune. I can't really give personal examples of it, but sometimes, I mean, I know my way around Nashville pretty good. Uh, Heck, I know my way around Asheville really good. <laughs> and I'll be driving a place that I've driven a hundred times before trying to get from point A to point B. And, I mean, if if uh, listeners have never visited Asheville, I will say that the streets and the directions around Asheville, not easy. To get from point A to point B, there's always three or four turns. You Much know? easier than Greenville or Charlotte, I think, though. I mean, because there's only... Uh what, four or five main, right? you got your Merriman, your Pat, and your two, I mean, there's only a well, couple you, of main. You've got those main arteries, you're right, 240 and all that. So, I mean, so you you start small, but to, to get to, uh, for instance, to get to Mission Hospital, I mentioned uh, going in the ER and jinxing things uh, for the security guy there, uh, to get from Mission Hospital to, say, uh, River Ridge or the mall, or something like that. If you're not from around here, that's going to be tedious. Point A to point B around uh, Asheville, I think, is more like point A to point Z, because there's there's no no simple directions. Anyway, that's the way I find it. But uh, all all being said, I know my way around pretty good. <laughs> but I'll be driving, uh, and all of a sudden, feel I'll turn down the wrong street, and I'll be like, ah, why did I do that? And then I feel almost feel like if I circle the block, I'm going to see that there was an accident, like there was a car crash where I should have been. I can't, you know, I can't definitively say that I've ever been in that situation, but I've heard of this that people do weird little things. They make turns or they pull over. They 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 think they hear a sound and they pull over to check their car or something, and by doing so, they avoid catastrophe. Oh, have yeah. you heard of that? I I practiced that exactly what you were saying i have the same thoughts if you're uh, if, driving down the road and you get a hunch to turn down a street for no reason you'll you'll do it always always or, there is always a reason why yeah if you're if you're hauling down the interstate sometimes you get that weird feeling for like it's late at night nobody really on the road you're going 15 over and then for some reason you just let off the gas you don't know why and then right around the corner there's a state trooper you know? That that's a, a good example. I think that's that's weird. That's the sixth sense 
looking out for you. And, uh, yeah, I think everybody has those sort of experiences. I know that there are listeners out there right now that say, that just happened to me the other day. Wow, that's interesting. I even furthermore think that what could be a small misfortune could have saved you from something much worse. And that's kind of a nice way to look at it, because if you really, really just want to fret over the fact that you had a flat tire when you were on the way out to work this morning, that can ruin your day. But if you think, you know, if I had gone out and jumped in my car and uh, gone down the road, who's to say somebody wouldn't have run that red light and and broadsided? You you never know. It's kind of like fate might be throwing some roadblocks in there. Do you ever have a feeling like smaller misfortunes might be saving you from well, this, from much larger this misfortunes. is a big one. Like, I was actually supposed to be in Florida right now, so you're lucky to have me here <laughs> with you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Sam. You're welcome. But um, uh, you, you heard about the, that Fort Lauderdale airport shooting, right? Right. My cousin, like, we go down there uh, quite a bit, and uh, he had flown in on Wednesday. He was leaving Thursday night, but the flight got canceled. So he had to fly out Friday morning, and he had walked through that baggage claim area to get to the counter less than an hour before that shooting happened in the exact same spot. And uh, so and that's not the reason I'm not down there. I, it, you know, but it was mostly because I was like, I can't imagine what the security measures are going to be now that there's been another incident at an airport, you know, like how long are the lines? I was like, I just don't even want to go. And, uh, my heart you know, goes out to all the families and everybody affected. That's craziness. But I mean, he was right there. He was, he was like, this is too close, man. He was like, I was just strange. It wasn't supposed to happen. I'm glad that I made it through an hour early as opposed to, you know, when it happened, you know. Very- wow, yeah. that That's uh, too close for comfort. Um, I don't, I suppose the uh, superstition that I, I cling to the most, hmm, what would it be other than, uh, other than picking up pennies? But that may, that may have... Uh, more to do with being uh, scotch than uh, <laughs> cheap. <laughs> yeah. There's a dime down here by my foot on the console hey, floor. Free dime. <laughs> if you want to. Well, Sam, you know how it is to work for tips. Sometimes <laughs> if I'm getting stiffed and I'm walking out and I find a dime laying in the people's driveway, I'm thinking, yeah, hey, <laughs> there's my tip. You know, I'm going to take it however I can get it. Actually, I went. I went metal detecting in a in a bad neighborhood in the playground where I, I never got tipped. I said, you know, these these people I've been delivering to these people for years. I'm going to go, and I went metal detecting in on the playground. <laughs> you got yeah, pulled over with the delivery topper on the no. got the headphones on, make it. <laughs> yeah, digging up quarters on delivery. I got to got to make my tip somehow. Yes, yeah, it's pricey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really don't know. Uh, what what superstition i cling to and and if uh there are times that uh maybe they can become a nuisance or uh slow you down it, uh, should you shake some of these some of these weird habits but i i know a lot of them are almost uh, like neuroses you know it's um, almost like an ocd sort of thing say so at what point does a superstition become ocd or a neuroses right um, there's a fine line between oh not gonna walk under that ladder or like joey ramone who would have to he would get to the airport to go on a flight to do a tour in europe and have to go all the way back to his house you know an hour and a half away to touch the cupboard a certain amount of times you know like at what point does 
you know that obsessive compulsiveness be in a superstition right does it, it does it feed on like a uh, paranoid uh personality yes i suppose it could uh so have you ever found a a four-leaf clover an honest four-leaf clover because you'll see people showing you four-leaf clovers and i'm like that doesn't really look like the sort of three-leaf clovers that i've always looked for the four-leaf version of and they say they can like breed four-leaf clovers now but have you ever honestly been like in a in a, a field of clover uh, that's mostly the regular three-leaf ones and and picked out that four-leaf clover i never have found a four-leaf clover honest, no. an honest legit four-leaf clover I've never been in a field of clover uh <laughs> But, ha- but have you noticed the people that can find the four-leaf clovers are the ones that always find the four-leaf clovers? I think that's right. And I, I've never been with anybody. when they Have you been with people when they found them? Mm, no. The, the closest thing... But I, I do believe... <laughs> I've bought a few books, and I, I took it as a good sign that I, I, you know, I like old books. That's no surprise, uh, being a history buff and everything. But I've uh, gotten old books that had four-leaf clovers pressed in them, and uh, old books. And, and it's kind of interesting to think, okay, here, 75 years ago, somebody found this four-leaf clover, and it was special enough for them to put it in the between the pages of this book and here it is are they transferring some of that good good luck onto me was it good luck for me to find this book might i pose the question are the people finding four-leaf clovers because they're actively always looking for them and it's becoming an ocd neuroses where they have to look for four-leaf clovers whereas <laughs> am I, I am i always looking for coins on the ground i yes. have never found one because i have honest to god never looked for hmm. a four-leaf clover hmm a point to consider but anyway, I uh, hope your fortunes out there in SOS listener land <laughs> are good. We're, uh, we're going to wish you the best. Uh, 2017 well underway. And um, next hour, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, horror writer H.P. Lovecraft and the Asheville connection. That's right. He had a very, very close friend. Pro- Probably his best friend in his lifetime lived right here in Asheville and uh, played in with the development of the Necronomicon. That's coming up in the second hour. Thanks for joining us on Speaking of Strange.
And we're winding up the first hour here on Speaking of Strange, a Saturday the 14th edition of Speaking of Strange. Uh, you're going to want to drop by the Joshua P. Warren website, joshuapwarren.com. Is there a period after the P, guys? No! no! joshuapwarren.com to uh, stay apprised of all the goings-on in the universe of Joshua P. Warren. And I'm Vance Pollock, proud to be uh, co-host or guest hosting here again. Uh, must have done all right last week for those who tuned in. Uh, thank you for all the good feedback and uh, positive criticism. Thank you. And if you didn't catch that show last week, go to speakingofstrange.com and uh, click the podcasts. Those are there for your download and uh, uh listening at your convenience how about this leonardo dicaprio has sailed on the titanic battled grizzly bears in the brutal wild west and explored dreams now though the 41 year old actor says he's going to travel to mars but for real well at least that's what he told president barack obama dicaprio was at the white house as part of the south by south lawn event uh the actor the president and climate scientist dr Catherine hayhoe that's a great name. Hey, ho! Hey, ho! Took the stage towards the end of the evening for a conversation on climate change before the U.S. premiere of DiCaprio's new documentary on the subject before the flood. The subject of Mars and SpaceX came up. Uh, everyone expressed disbelief that anyone who was on board with Elon Musk recently detailed plans for a possibly deadly one-way trip to Mars. Any of the, Anybody must be nuts to do that. And DiCaprio chimed in and said, I did. I'm signed up to go. Obama attempted to uh, assure the famous actor he didn't actually think he was completely nuts. I think he'll acknowledge he's kind of crazy, the president said with a smile. Remember, uh, Leo finally won an Oscar for his role in The Revenant, in part due to the brutal conditions he endured while filming it. Maybe, just maybe, he figured the only place tougher than frozen, uncharted Western territories is the Martian surface. The Academy would love it. Earlier in the night, Obama made a Star Trek reference while talking about the importance of flawed but useful energy sources like fracking and nuclear power. Until we invent the perfect energy source, lithium crystals or whatever, Scotties, they're beaming us up. But until then, we need to live in the real world, Obama said. Live in the real world. I think, you know, if I'm correct, uh, well, two things. One, if uh, you're going to be trying to jet yourself up to Mars, Elon Musk is a pretty good person to have at the helm. I think. Right. Two, doesn't it take like nine months? Wouldn't it take nine months on the trip there, if I'm correct? Oh, wow. It, it seems like a ways. That's a long oh. time <laughs> to be in an enclosed area moving, hurtling through space at a ungodly mile per hour. Do you think we'll see it in our lifetime, people on Mars? Oh, yeah. I think so. I don't think it's that far off. Another generation, another 20 years ought to, ought to do it. But speaking, speaking of Hollywood, actors and things like that, I do want to uh, give a, a plug for a movie because, I mean, people are always going to the movies. It's not like I'm uh, I'm forcing you to go spend your money or anything like that. I don't even know if it's it's still running because it was uh, lim had limited number of screens. It was just one of these sort of sleeper films. Uh, but everybody I talked to who had seen it said it was good, and I'll have to agree. Uh, a Monster Calls. It's kind of a dark children's film. It, it's a PG-13. It reminds me a little bit of Hugo. 
but anyway, it's about a boy whose whose mother is terminally ill, and he kind of uh, finds escape into his imagination. And the movie really uh, really blurs that fine line between uh, escapism and reality, and how there are a lot of archetypes in like legends and myths and things like that. I, and it was a very beautifully uh, Photograph film, a monster. Live calls. action. It wasn't like yeah, live action, live action, and uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I got a little teary eyed, bleary and teary there, toward the end. But uh, touching film, you know. So if you liked Hugo, you might want to check out a monster calls. Don't, like I say, don't even know if it's still showing, but uh, put that on your list of uh, potentially interesting movie. If you've got te- young teenagers, uh, I think they would really enjoy that. My son, uh, my son likes. His dark cinema. How old is so, uh, your son? Uh, he's eleven. Yeah, but I started him on uh, on Pet Cemetery and uh, some of some of the classics over the last year. We watched. I actually let him watch The Shining. I thought that might oh, work him a little bit. He he loves it. Did you see? Uh, was it Room Two Thirty Seven? The documentary. Yeah, yeah that's interesting that's stuff. Very interesting. Showed him the original Omen. That one's tricky. That one's not on Netflix or anything, but the original Omen from the 70s. Oh, man, that movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. No, no. Exorcist, he's going to need to be at least 13, 14. That's a little intense. It's a little intense for me, and I'm 40. Right. Well, we'll leave it at that. The first hour on Speaking of Strange, brought to you in part by Wright's Coin Shop. Drop by joshuapwarren.com and keep track of what's going on in our world. Thanks for listening.